Episode 5, Part 4, Welcome Back. This time we touch into slavery on Long Island as far back as the 1960s. Well, as late as the 1960s, excuse me. But first, I just want to reiterate on something I touched on the last episode, Episode 3. Please watch that. So Cuomo, Spada, and Lee, we seem to have a love triangle. Why? It all has to do with money and politics. That's what we're going to dive into. So Steve Levy actually switched parties from a Republican to a Democrat party. Why? Not because he was a Republican. He didn't give a shit about the Democrats or the Republicans. The only reason why he switched parties was to get Cuomo out of the party. Thomas Spada was in on that one, too. Steve Levy went as far as to attack personal investors and firms. All because of his wife's firms. Because he wanted to protect her firm and make her money. And he personally attacked them illegally, by the way. Then Spotter turned around, used all that to his advantage. And pretty much told Levy, hey, you're going to hand me $4 million. And you're going to leave the race altogether. Leaving the race open for Cuomo to take. Didn't see that one coming, wink wink. That'd be $2 million plus an extra $2.1 million for, you know fraud and bribery and whatever else they do behind everybody else's back including each other so all in all steve levy not only switched parties actually left the party after he was exposed by thomas spotter because both of them were having fun exposing each other i guess they're in bed with each other because they're exposing each other and in the end is forced to hand over a total of 4.1 million dollars that he had in trust over to thomas spotter ain't that some grimy shit We'll have more on that in the future parts to come on episode 5. Now, who in the fuck is Suwiki? Suwiki, Suwiki, Anyway, Suwiki is senior, not junior we're talking about. This guy. This guy was actually police chief. The South Pole Police Department in the 1960s. Remember the 1960s from previous parts? Sawiki joined the town police, a six-member police in the 1960s. Also in the 1960s in that area was William Boken when he actually murdered his mistress and hid her seven feet below his basement. Who was in charge and who got asked for help and who denied all that help? Mr. Sawiki, Sawiki, however you say his name, he's a scumbag. Now, to the matter at hand, Long Island slavery in 1965. Yes, slaves were here on Long Island in 1965. Where was this picture taken? Well, 1965. Kachog, New York. This migration camp, as they called it, was open since 1946, believe it or not, where? Um, in Southhold. Oh my goodness. Southhold is going to be the hot spot of this freaking episode. I kid you not. And towards the end of this episode, you will actually see the connection between Southhold and the Gilgo Beach murderer, James. I mean, Southhold and the Gilgo Beach murders. Now, here is legal, legal paperwork. From the court system, from the town, about this so-called migration camp. And for those who don't believe me because there's no pictures, poof, here's pictures. Here's pictures of your quote-unquote migration camp from the 1940s to the 1960s. And this migration camp still to this day actually still stands. You don't believe me? Here's another picture of an older gentleman from the migration camp. And let's go one step further. Here's a picture of the migration camp today still standing. That's right, folks. This migration camp still stands today with no regards to knocking it down or doing anything else with it. It's an eyesore. It should go. It's horrible. Now, who is Betsy Jessup of Miller Place, New York? Well, she is actually proof that William Floyd himself was actually a slave owner, a huge, huge slave owner before Miller Place was actually named Miller Place. This is how far back we're going, folks. You ready? 
1991, there was actually a small cottage-looking house that was located in the woods along North Country Road. Now, this house is located back, or dated back, excuse me, to when Miller Place wasn't even Miller Place, to when it was still Rocky Point, New York. That's how big Rocky Point was back then. Oh, it gets further, you ready? Now, this quote-unquote free slave lived in this house with all of her family. This estate was actually owned by none other than... You're looking at it right there, the William Floyd estate. Isn't that disgusting? Now, when the slaves were free, okay, the South actually had the Jim, Jim Crow law where they actually um, freed the slaves, but yet they locked the majority of them up because they didn't know how to read. They set laws that they knew black people were actually going to break. The same as the North. Don't get it twisted. The North never freed the slaves until they decided to free the slaves. The North actually took the slaves and said, yeah, you're free, but you have nowhere to go and you're not going to make it, so we'll give you a house. And that's what they did. They gave them a shitty house. They treated them like shit still. They worked for next to nothing while all the while sending the government a letter saying, I freed one slave. Because in the North, that's all they had to do was free one slave. No, literally, the North was only mandated to free one slave. That's it. Let's move on to slave owners on Long Island. Guess what? Lloyd of Lloyd Harbor. Huge, huge slave owner. Him and Samuel Wood of Northport, New York. I'm going to touch on this right now. They actually have a pamphlet out. You ready? Ooh, shit. Both of these scumbags actually have a pamphlet right here addressed to the quote-unquote Negroes in the state of New York about how to act and how to live. John Lloyd and Samuel Wood put a pamphlet out disgracing quote-unquote Negroes because God told them to. Figure that one out. Yeah, Pank, New York. Camp Siegfried. Anybody hear about it? Well, it's pretty much a Nazi training camp. Well, it was a Nazi training camp during the times of uh, World War II. What they did was Americans, Germans, you name it, went to Yapank, New York and actually trained to become Nazis. See that? Out off Hitler Street. Isn't that some? Yapank, New York. And here's another picture of the now closed down Yapank, New York Camp Siegfried. This picture, not World War II Germany, Yapank, New York. Camp Siegfried. And here is a layout of a Nazi training camp. Where? Mm, Yapank, New York. Camp Siegfried. This town was actually eventually sold to become Yapank, New York. Now, the people who actually bought it, government, actually bought it from the Nazis who were set up by the government to actually train. Well, how did they buy it? In the deed itself, it actually says that no persons out of German descent shall actually own property, land, housing in the town of Yapeng. Guess what? That deed still holds true today. If you look up the census of Yapeng, New York, it'll straight up tell you there are no black, Spanish, Polish, Jewish property owners whatsoever. In fact, the current property owners of this Nazi training camp actually stressed how hard it was for them to actually get rid of this property because of all the stress that's due and the paperwork and the racism and stuff like that. And before we end this off, the Long Island Railroad actually shipped children and students and people back and forth to this Nazi training camp in Yapank, New York. Now, racist Yapank responded with a middle finger saying, it's in the deed, get over it, can't do shit. Isn't that fucked up? Okay, obviously we went way over the five minutes a lot of time, which is cool. We're almost at eight minutes, ladies and gentlemen, but please, please stay tuned because we have a lot more Suffolk County sexual assault facility coming up. Part five, episode five. We are going to fill in all the holes. This is going to be, once again, the longest episode that we have ever had. Episode five, folks. It will continue.
part five. Thank you for watching. Burlap Sack is out now as is Serrano. Listen to it. Check it out.